Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Game day in Tampa, Sabres and Lightning tonight. You'll catch it here on WGR and, of course, on MSG. And it's an interesting matchup based on the fact that Sabres definitely still challenged to score, while the Lightning are challenged to keep the puck out of the net, especially over the last six games where they've given up 27 goals. So we've seen these two come together twice this year. Buffalo has an overtime win, Marty, and, of course, a uh, loss to the Lightning as well. It was a narrow one on home ice. What would one anticipate tonight other than the obvious, which is Uko Pekalukkanen likely to be in again for the 17th time in 19 games? Yeah, that's the obvious, and that's a given, right? He's been playing extremely well. Um, look, I, I, the battle again, and we didn't talk yesterday because I was, I was traveling to Tampa for the road crew party, So, and we're on location for tonight's game. Um, but the obvious thing for me against Florida is that, yes, it was a close game. Um, yes, Lukanen probably saved the game from being 7-1 at some point in the second period with how well he played in that period. Uh, but, I, I, like... The one thing for me is, okay, the desperation from the last three, four minutes of the game needed to come in at some point. So I would think that that's the number one key to the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning is bring that desperation that you brought into the end of the game against the Florida Panthers and put that on the display right from the get-go and then see where the game goes. But I think that's the biggest challenge for me is that seeing how this team is going to start against the Tampa Bay Lightning as opposed to how the team is going to end the game like down a goal trying to push is one thing but 0-0 early in the game and having that same intensity that same attack mode uh, type of mentality that's that's where I want it to be you didn't see that against the Panthers they had the lead which they didn't have in yeah, the previous game I, I, I lost think most it people... I lost it halfway I lost it halfway in the game I think you lost the feed like Bally and Tampa Philly, or you lost the feel for the game? I lost the, not my feel for the game. I lost oh. the Sabres feel for that game. And like the, towards the end of the first period, and they never got it back in the second until like the third period, in my opinion. So that's kind of like where I felt the, the game went. And I know there was a lot going on. There was, you know, penalties that I didn't think should be called. Some that were called, whatever. Like we're not going to go and debate the, the officiating. In that game, um, you know, it was done. It's over. That was Tuesday night. But I, I want to see that that jump, right, from the get-go the same way. Maybe they had it at the start, but especially the way they finished against Florida. 
Yeah, I think maybe the reason I'm going sideways or in a different direction than what you're talking about is only because I feel like I've heard this before. So, yeah, you know, I, it, it goes back to like the definition of, you know, expecting a different result, but doing the same thing, right? Like you just, so I don't know. I don't know if this team can throw up a three spot against a very poor defensive team like Tampa in the first period, like Tampa's 25th in goals against. The problem is the Sabres yeah. are 24th offensively. So it's a, you know, it's a head-on matchup here that uh, we're going to see which, I mean, Vasilevsky's numbers are definitely not what we're used to. This is the first time they're going to see Vasilevsky this year. The yep. previous two games featured Jonas Johansson. Uh, you'd have to go back to Jack Eichel's uh, first season for the only regulation win that Buffalo has against pass. Vasilevsky. Now, they did get a yeah. shootout, pardon me, an overtime win here against them last year with Labushkin's shorthanded goal. So, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean... It, and then back in those days, a lot of these years was Brian Elliott, right? Brian yeah. Elliott, the backup for the Tampa Bay Lightning, played a lot against the Sabres this year, two times, Jonas Johansson. But I'll tell you this, like, Tampa against the Philadelphia Flyers the last game, even mm-hmm. it prompted John Tortorella after the game to say, oh, we got a goal where usually... The other guy makes that save, right? Yeah. I think that we're seeing very inconsistent play out of Vasilevsky. And for me, again, maybe that goes back to we'll know in the first five, 10 minutes who which Vasilevsky they're going to face tonight. A guy that seems to be in control, a guy that's struggling and maybe be, you know, uh, susceptible to giving up maybe a bad one that will put the Sabres into a better place. And and again, it comes back to the attack mentality. If you don't test Vasilevsky in the first five, 10 minutes, how do you know? How do you know how what you got on the other side? You can say he's the best goalie in the league. He's not. He's just not anymore. I know a lot of people in the league, players, coaches, still think Andre Vasilevsky, best goalie in the NHL. Tell you this, he's not. And he hasn't been for a few years now. And is it's like Carey Price for years. People used to say, Carey Price, the best goalie in the NHL. Well, Carey Price, after his one injury and then his second injury, was was good, but he wasn't the dominating Carey Price that was when he won MVP. Vasilevsky is good, but he's not as dominating as he has been, uh, and you have to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, their defense score certainly doesn't look like what it used to either, so nope. that, that plays into you know what they're dealing with, and obviously Sergeyev, the, the latest significant you know, high profile injury. Chernak is back in the mix right now, but Fleury's been dealing with a lot. And, uh, you know, you can take your pick with whether you go Radish, Dahan, Perbix, or Fleury. Like it just doesn't have the cachet that it had in their back to back, you know, cup years. So, and again, this is the natural evolution of winning multiple cups is you have to allocate your money elsewhere. So it just hurts that much more when they're missing someone like Sergachev because it's almost irreplaceable. And one of the dominoes that many thought, like if Tampa is going to do something, presumably they're going to add on the blue line. Well, one of those players is now no longer available unless Dallas does something remarkable and trades Chris Tanev <laughs> now that they've acquired him. But no, Tanev goes last night from Calgary to Dallas in a three-team deal that involved New Jersey and picks and retaining money and blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the day, the only thing that matters at the moment is that Dallas has Tanev. And they they were the team that was in the market for a higher-end defenseman. And now they're getting them basically at 25% salary. Because mm-hmm. between Calgary and the New Jersey Devils retaining some salary, uh, the Dallas Stars get him at a pretty modest price, uh, which was the only way it was going to happen, uh, considering cap, con- uh, you know, cap situations with all teams. And but it's isn't it funny that 
I see Tanev's name being moved to Dallas, and then I see New Jersey Devils, uh, you know, being involved. And I'm thinking, are they talking about Jacob Markstrom? Because is this one I'm doing you a favor? I'm going to retain, but in a week when we make a deal for a goaltender, you got to return that favor in a sense that you'll have to retain on Jacob Markstrom because we're going to need that uh, to happen, and and it would be for two more years. Like every time I hear. New Jersey, Calgary, I'm thinking that has to be for a goalie. Now, it was just for salary retention in the mm-hmm. TANF deal, but um, and it's the first domino. I think that the Calgary Flames, despite the fact that they've had some success, um, that they could still be considered in the chase for a playoff spot. I think they'd be uh, smart to to continue to think, okay, the next guy would be Hannafin, Marstrom, let's go. Like You got you to gotta make those moves, and it's got to happen, and they started a week early with TANF. Yeah, they went the first domino. There were some trades a couple of weeks well, ago. Zadarov and Lindholm, and yeah, yeah, there was a lot of your, lot of dominoes boy, early. But Monaghan. Right now it's don't the, forget Monaghan. Oh well, yeah, that was last year. <laughs> what? Monaghan, Calgary. Sean Monaghan just went to Winnipeg from Montreal, not from yes. Calgary. Yeah, I'm saying Calgary is starting the dominoes. Oh, that that their saying. own internal dominoes. You're talking about the trade <laughs> deadline dominoes and yeah, the dominoes I, fell weeks ago. It wasn't the first yes. one last night. Yes. Yeah. But, but you're right. When you think of the, the dominoes falling early with Calgary, because they did make this Adara trade earlier. They made the Elias Lindholm trade earlier. Now they do 10 of a week before they still have some pieces that they could move. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm talking about the internal pieces in Calgary. The fact that they're, they're still, they're considered in the race, but they are most likely going to unload all these assets at the deadline. Yeah, and if you're trying to make a game analogy with Calgary, it ain't dominoes. Like, when the, you know what, hit the fan when Kachuk wasn't going to stay and huh. they had to make a trade and they brought in Huberto and they brought in Uyghur, like, that was not dominoes. Like, <laughs> that was not dominoes leading up to I don't know what that, game, what that game was, you played. I know. <laughs> I, I, you, you are the king of gamesmanship here. So I, I was hoping you would be able to steer us down a proper path. You, they probably yeah. landed on Park Place and had very little money to pay for the penalties with two houses and a hotel. That's kind of like where it landed. That's a good analogy. And then, <laughs> now, Monopoly typically doesn't involve converting to Canadian dollars. But, yeah. you know, when you factor all of this stuff in, yeah, it's been a challenging few years and new coach, new GM, and not to mention, what is the future of the franchise and arena plans and the ongoing battles on that front to, you know, yeah. get everything in position? It's not for for the way they were trending and the excitement and everything. It's It's been challenging. And now I think, despite some of these recent transactions, like if they... If they move off of, let's say, Hannafin, and what if somebody got like super bold and and made a play for Kadri? Yeah. I don't know. Would Flames fans be excited that they were able to move off of expensive guys? Or would they say, why are we doing this? Like, we were right there in the mix, and now you're punting on us. Like, that's no fun. Yeah, You know what? I, I think that's that's always a million-dollar question. And it's, should Calgary go for it now? Because you don't know when you're going to get back to that, hey, we're close enough, right? Or we're trying to get to the playoffs. So I totally get that. I think if anybody asked for Nazem Kadri and had a legitimate offer for Nazem Kadri, the Flames would have to consider it, right? Because I think if you're moving off from all these UFAs and whatnot. Now, if somebody made a considerate 
a considerable uh, offer on on Jonathan Huberdo, they'd have to consider it. They'd have to make the move, right? It's like, okay, it's not well, worth That's why I mentioned Kadri. He's leading the team in scoring. Nobody's taking Huberdo. Huberdo. Nobody's taking Huberdo, <laughs> but it, who knows? I'm just saying if it was a discussion, you're like, hey, we can throw this guy into a deal, you'd do it, right? I think Calgary is going the other direction, and I know um, it's it, it never guarantees you success in the future, and we know that in Buffalo, obviously, but I think it's probably the, the better course of action in Calgary for where the organization is at now, which was one of the questions that I got like last night during our road crew party. What are the Sabres going to do at the deadline? Mm-hmm. They need to go for it. They, I'm like, Ugh. it's hard to say go for it because in the well, position that you're in, what are, you, what are you going for it now? I asked a lot of people, do you think going for it means preparing for next year, going for it, trading some prospects and some picks and acquiring players that fit into what the Sabres want to do, but it's not just for this year, it's for next or you're talking about rentals like going for it with rentals so we had a lot of those nice discussion with fans last night at our uh, road crew party well how did they answer that question well uh, one one gentleman was interesting as he was like well they should have gone for it last year and i'm like yeah but we're not talking about last year we're talking about this year and he goes yeah but and, and i said nine site it's it's easier to say that oh maybe there could have been a move or two last year say we're gonna acquire a couple of rentals and make that push because they were technically a point, let's say two with tiebreaker away from the playoffs. This year is a different situation. I don't see this year being a rental pool type of situation for the Sabres, more of the, you know, quote unquote hockey trades that are always hockey trades, but are more for the years to come, the this year and more, right? And I think fans were on that boat. They're like, but they want to see movement that's the one thing like they say the status quo here saying going into next year with the same pool of players even if you just add one but you've made that that movement towards you know getting better to 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 show that okay we'll we'll trade a prospect we'll trade a pick we'll we'll trade you know whatever just to see that action i think more fans were in favor of that well, if you mention the word rental, do you see it more that Buffalo could provide numerous rentals to other teams? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, I think numerous rentals would be um, a, a little much, right? Jost, I think that could be Opozo, a one. Gergensen's pick a defenseman, yeah. like... I could legitimately see if they choose like five guys moving on at the deadline to be depth for others. 
I I could see it happening just because we know the players that we're talking about, but I just don't see that the perception around the National Hockey League is that those players would be good rentals or it would be like adding value to another team. I don't see Tyson Joes being that. I don't see... They love him in Colorado and it wouldn't cost anything. The point is it's depth for no yeah. cost. I'm not saying that the Sabres are going to haul back here. I'm just saying if you're looking at the roster looking different after the deadline... Is that not a more likely scenario that somebody reaches out at the last minute and says, hey, yes. we'll give you a seventh for this player, which was yes. the Asplund scenario last year. Like, and whether it changes the landscape, it, you know, in the big picture, it certainly might make the Sabres look a little different. And, and might I add, it might not really change their results it, it in the remaining won't. games of the season after the deadline. Like no. it, what it does would then create opportunity again for younger guys. Like we saw at the end of last year when Levi came in. Yes. And and I think that's what we've talked a lot about this year with Kulik and Roseanne and Rusek and, you know, Ryan Johnson getting an opportunity and playing extremely well. And that would open that up. But okay. So for example, Sabres are in Tampa tonight, you know, reports from the morning skate was Eric Johnson's not on the ice. And now you start getting the attention of, national writers and people like Darren Dreger who's coming on at the bottom of the hour with us here to say, um, okay, this is not trade related. Frank Saravalli posted a tweet says Eric Johnson is ill. And you know, the Sabres have been dealing with a flu bug that's hit the locker room. So Eric Johnson is ill. That is not related to the trade or trade speculations or anything like that. And so I'm thinking, I didn't even think about that first off. I didn't think, hey, Eric Johnson's not on the ice this morning. Could he have been, could he be on the way out? Could he be a player that, you know, will be a rental for a team that needs added depth on their defense and their blue line for the playoffs? That's not what I thought. I thought hmm, Eric Johnson, you know, was on the ice against Florida. Uh, the, 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 the two goals, the first two goals, did not play a shift for the rest of the game. Maybe there's an injury, I, and maybe there's an illness, or maybe it's just like, hey, you need to take a break here, and you know, we'll we'll don't go on the ice. We're not going to worry about it. I didn't think about trade, but that's a player that would be maybe considered a, a a player that would be moving out if there is an ask and there's a team that need an Eric Johnson type player. But I didn't think about that just because I don't see. And I hate to say it like that, but I don't see a ton of value right now in the Sabres acquiring a seventh round pick for a Tyson Joes. Like, I don't see it. I see exploring other trades. If you get there in a week from now, on Friday next week, if you get there and you're like, okay, we got a seventh rounder for Tyson Joes, let's do it. But I don't think that's the case a week before the deadline. I think you got to look at bigger picture trades than the smaller seventh rounder type. Like what? Well, like looking at, uh, I mean, I don't know where the Casey Mills that situation is at. And are you are you looking at 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 resigning them? And is it going to go that way, or are you looking at maybe making that trade? Um, I think that one of the biggest thing the Sabers could look at leading into next week's trade deadline is their top end. You know, first rounder, second rounder. Um, I'm not talking that well, maybe I am a Matt Savoy who's had a fantastic year in the WHL this year, but is Matt Savoy a player that 
is next year going to have an impact with the Buffalo Sabres or we're talking four years down the road? We already have Zach Benson that's 18 years old right now that seems to have bypassed all the steps and is playing in the NHL. You have the young prospects in Rochester. Is is Matt Savoy a player that would just have that immense value that should be able to get something really good in return? I don't know if that is the direction that Kevin Adams wants to go, but I would explore all of those situations. Or maybe it has been explored and the the talks are going on right now, but I, I wouldn't be afraid of saying I'm trading a Matt Savoy or I'm trading a name first-round pick of the last two, three years. I wouldn't be afraid of that. No, I think from my vantage point, I feel like that's what fans are asking for the most, is to move yes. off of some of the depth in the system and acquire something for now the problem is you're not going to get that now off of a good team because they're going to be retaining that good for their playoff run this year so it makes it that much trickier doesn't it at this time it does make it that much trickier but there's there's maybe teams that are not in playoff spot that are looking to go in a different direction and that you could say hey we'll trade you prospects which will maybe make you better in five six years down the road and we'll acquire somebody that's on your roster that we want to have right now that's the the, yeah, right now I, I'm, in the I'm saying week, I've done that exercise a million season. times and look at the non-playoff teams and how many guys do you want on those rosters? That's what I'm at. <laughs> we talked about Arizona. That's why they're not in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, we talked about Arizona and I'm like, okay, I'd, I'd like a Nick Schmaltz on this team. I really would like You might be the only Schmaltz one in Western New York or the state, the Empire State in its entirety. Oh. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, it only takes one person to want to do it. And, and <laughs> that's true. the right well, two, person in that position. Me and... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy leap but, year day. Happy leap year yeah, day, right. by the way. We have a ticket offer because of the date on the calendar. It's $29 tickets for Ooh. March home games, excluding the 9th and the 30th of March. Visit sabers.com slash leap year to get yours now while inventory lasts. Okay. Last night was uh last night was nice. Uh nice little tribute to RJ that uh the yeah. fans were very much in tune with at our road crew event. That was the um, the first night we've done an event like this where, unfortunately, RJ was uh, not with us. And um, mm-hmm. But he felt like he was with us. Holy cow. It was, uh, there was, there were a lot of people that uh, have come to those events in many, 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 many cities across the country. And a lot of times they were there <laughs> just to line up. And uh, and see the great Rick Jenneret. Now, someone who, among the alumni, kind of filled that role for a while last night was Scotty Bowman. You know, oh. like he had a long, <laughs> long line of people uh, waiting to meet him. Um, but again, we had uh, well over 300 people at American Social last night. Like, yep. it was, uh, it got warm <laughs> late in the day because that, that outdoor space... Uh, uh, became rather heated with uh, the number of Sabre fans there. But a great turnout. Thanks to American Social. Thanks mostly to our community relations crew uh, for putting it on once again. But we had a really cool list of alumni. Uh, a lot of goalies to keep you company, Marty. And uh, A lot of goalies. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was we it see was a picture nice. of Dave Andrewchuk here. I didn't Man, is he, is he royalty in this town or what? Oh. oh, my God. He is definitely royalty. <laughs> like, Dave Andrewchuk is... You know, obviously Stanley Cup winner, first Stanley Cup in Tampa's uh, history. Um, 
and people love him. I didn't get to spend much time with him, um, but I did talk to Dwayne Rolson, Rolly the goalie, quite a bit. I talked to Poopa a little bit. Got to talk with Mr. Bowman as he was leaving uh, late. He stayed pretty late, which was uh, incredible, telling stories. That was fun. Uh, well, Danny Gare, we see him on the picture right now, but uh, I got to talk with Danny Gare and so many of uh, of the people that he's known for years, you know, either Sabres, you know, sponsors or partners or fans. And it was it was so good to to chat with with all of them. Uh, really, really enjoyed our uh, our evening together last night. Uh, and and man, nothing better than being in Tampa late February when it was that beautiful outside. We're on the patio. We don't have to be inside and you know all jammed into a place. It was spread out. It was awesome. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of passionate Sabres fans um, that live here in Florida, Tampa, and you know whatever area around here, and a lot of people that have come from Buffalo to uh, to join in. That was great. Dan and Razor, of course, and uh, some other fellow alum like uh, John Tucker. It's funny how many guys yeah. were there last night that were Sabres and lightning players in their career or sabers and lightning employees in their career like danny gare <laughs> and uh yeah so yeah. that was pretty cool steve dykstra was there um steve i was reminded by photographer bill whippert that uh that steve's ultimate trivia claim to fame is that uh he's the only player in nhl history i don't want to fact check this i just want to choose to believe it he's the only one that played with perot Gretzky and Lemieux as his career took him from Buffalo to Edmonton to Pittsburgh. And I think that's wow. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty three pretty special players that yeah. you get to play with. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, but cool. uh, no, it was uh, definitely a, a special night. A lot of those fans are going to be uh, making the trip over to the arena tonight here to watch the Sabres play the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was awesome. Um, I even ran into some people that, we didn't even know this was going on that are in Tampa Bay. And, are, you know, I ran into um, one of the UPS guy. I used to go to ship my stuff all the time in, in Buffalo that has been down in Tampa Bay for now the last six months. And he's like, hey, Marty, do you remember me? I'm like, uh, yeah, you're my UPS guy. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't do that anymore. I, I moved down here and, you know, doing stuff here. I'm like, this is such a small world right yeah. in the whole uh in the whole grand scheme of things so that was uh yeah that was awesome so ran into some a lot of people had a really tough flight tougher gotta tell you uh we uh, took off from buffalo yesterday and the first 30 minutes of the flight was pretty uh shaky um some people said it felt like it was two hour long but it was only like about 20 30 minutes but uh, then we smoothed it out and i got to uh you know got to make it down here and it was fun yeah, the only downside I could uh, punctuate last night with was I didn't start watching the Amherst game till after midnight, so it was two <laughs> o'clock by the time it was done, and it wasn't worth staying up for because <laughs> they uh, lost five two to Syracuse. It was the third straight Amherst game against Syracuse where Rochester let a two nothing first period lead slip away. So that was unfortunate. Um, Levi was good for the most part. Um, Coach Appert didn't love the shorthanded goal that uh, that he allowed. Um, but honestly, the the most striking detail within the game was how relentless Syracuse is on back pressure through the neutral yeah. zone and at the top of the 
you know, what would be the, you know, Amherst going into the offensive zone. So many plays got snuffed out just by that relentless nature of veteran players. And by the way, Alex Barry Boulay had been on Tampa's roster all year, pretty much cleared waivers again, immediately ah. goes down and produces against the Amherst last How night. How does like, guy clears waiver and, all and how, the Right, time. and it's his incredible. consistent production at the AHL level is off the charts. And unfortunately, Rochester has felt the wrath of that a lot. Uh, next up for the Amherst is uh, the weekend set against the Senators in Belleville. Darren Dreger is coming up next as uh, we continue here on Sabres Live. Obviously, floodgates? Does the TANEV deal open the floodgates pre-trade deadline? We'll discuss next on Sabres Live. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.